When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello. Oh, hello. Hello, Hans. Hello, right. Hans Bricks. I see, I see, oh, I see lots of comments already. Hey, Tommy. Kathy Sue. Connie. I read your article, uh, George. Wow. Well, oh, good. I liked it. It is important. It is important. What's th- what starts with Kolomoisky ends with the uh, uh, the Banassis and the Bavaris, or I guess Bavari. And they moved it up, George. Well, oh man, game in the system. That's game in the system, right? Exactly. Playing the algorithms. He's gonna beat it all. Um, uh, I knew AI could be defeated. I just wasn't exactly sure wasn't how. Sure you know? how. <laughs> well, the first thing is it's there. There is no AI. <laughs> I, guess I guess that's a big part of it. It's it's intelligence, but it certainly is not artificial. I mean, and maybe that's the metaphor, you know. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's t- it's telling me that I need to go live, so I'm going to go live here. Okay. All right. Oh, back hurts so bad. I'm an old man now. And there it is. How are you guys doing? Great. It's great being here with Tommy and you, Peter Duke. That was on set. Thought, that was on set. I just thought I'd roll a little video and let people come in. That was. I like that. I like. I like the. I like the cutting with the other guy. I think that was fitting. Yeah, that's, that's the cl- that's the club of Rome, dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's uh, yeah. I mean, do you think that that's actually accurate? Do you think that? Because I don't know. It always seems like our predictions of the future are wildly inaccurate. Like we're always convinced that you know. We won't be able to do this. So that would be heavier than air flight. How can we get this many people? And then we invent skyscrapers and planes and penicillin and and the internet. And I think it it's maybe it's just my own delusion. But I feel like us of everything that we have just so royally gotten wrong in our history, the idea that we've just pinged, we know the number of humans that can survive on this planet. It just I don't know. It seems a little arrogant. A, a little? Uh, to, yeah, I mean... To uh, think that uh, we know uh, the uh, exact number of people that this planet can hold. Like, I mean, like, we're still discovering new, new elements. The idea that we've on, just... He read it on the label. Huh? He read it on the label. The planet Earth, it, the yeah, label. Yeah, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, I, no, I think it's arrogant. I think, you know, uh, uh, we don't... You know, when you look at you know, just the ruins of things. I was talking to George earlier. I, I, I started listening to this woman that I hadn't heard before that somebody on Twitter, I think probably one of our followers, like uh, sent me a link to a, a woman named Cara St. Louis. And she was talking about uh, her hypothesis is that um, the pre-Prussian education timeline of history that we've been taught is completely corrupt. That is, uh, and the the people that she was citing were kind of astronomers who were trying to reconcile uh, astronomical phenomenon with things that happened in uh, recorded history, and and they weren't lining up. And and uh, and, and her conclusion was that uh, 
the, the timeline is wrong. That is the, 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 the course of events, the way that they're laid out are actually not, not correct. Um, which is an interesting hypothesis. I hadn't heard it before. Uh, and, uh, she was talking about it on a YouTube video that I think came out in 2015, something like that. Um, and so, uh, you know, to your point, uh, uh, I think fear, uh, keeping a keeping a population uh, afraid of stuff is a really great way to to get them going in the direction that you want them to go in. And if you can simply change up the fear, uh, you know we've we've seen it go from you know uh, it went from uh, Black Lives Matter to a pandemic to you know the you know the, the you know it's like changing the channels on an old on a, on an old boomer TV set. You know you just flick the channel and you move to the next fear and you just keep your population moving in the direction that you want them to move in. So, so yeah, to your point, yeah, a lot of the things don't pan out flying cars, you know, where are they? I mean, maybe we're, we might get them now, now that the, the drones are getting bigger and they're putting people in them. Peter, I think you've successfully described the ultimate night gallery terror, you know, uh, uh, drone uh, environment where you're in uh, sort of this hotel room in space, and you have 200 channels, and every channel is Donnie O'Sullivan with CNN. Every channel is Donnie O'Sullivan with CNN. And you, by the time you get to channel 56, you're ready to just eject yourself into, uh, you know, into an asteroid belt. Yeah, you're, you're, you've had it. You're ready to, to call it quits. Yeah, I mean, uh, Michael Hoffman calls it a, a video drone. Or all, you know, there was a movie Video Drone, um, and uh, I think it was it might have been James Wood's first film. Uh, and uh, uh, it's it's all about you know using using video in order to keep people in a permanent state of fear. Um, so, so that's my kind of long winded answer to your question. Is that what you were getting at, Tommy, or did you have another point of view? Uh, I've, I, I don't know. I was just kind of <clears throat> making noise with my mouth. There was really no agenda or, or reasoning. There was no end point or beginning point. It was just sort of a burp in a communicable language. Do you think that the reason why there's a baby shortage formula is to force all of the vax mothers to give the spike protein to their babies? Uh If I can just go in a completely 180 degree direction. Well, we've already been demonetized. So, oh, you have? I, 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 well, I, I made sure that by playing George Carlin, we'd get demonetized. Oh, so, well, not that I've not that I've ever made a cent from YouTube. I was going to say, no. I was going to say, big brain move is by never getting monetized, you can't be demonetized. Right, exactly. Well, I've never been monetized on YouTube, so yeah. um, uh, I think I've tried. And yeah, dude, I, no, it's it's going I, to a casino I, and I, I, I don't think I clicked on the right thing, and I don't think it ever actually worked. It's and, going to a casino and, and car- counting cards, and and you keep seeing your friends get kicked out, but in your mind you're like, they're going to let me stay. They're going to let me rake it in, and then finally dawns on you, goes, these motherfuckers are going to take me into a back room, beat the shit out of me, and kick me out. And that's what happened to me. But I don't well, know. I'll, t- keep, keep well, I'll tell you. I'll tell you a story of a guy that. Okay, so I used to work for this guy. Uh, I've told George about him before. I don't know if I've ever talked about him on video, but I, I worked in this camera store, and the guy who uh, uh, owned the, bought the camera store was the son of a billionaire. Uh, I think his I think his father was the president of Union Bank, and when I was hearing about Union Bank and and the Bushes, uh, th- 
uh, things started to connect for me. Uh, he, uh, I used to fly with him in his uh, Cessna uh, uh, two t- Turbo 210 RG, re- retractable, retractable gear. And uh, whenever we landed someplace, he'd always land with his uh, wheels on the numbers because uh, he told me that that's, which, are, you know, the numbers are at the end of the runway, right? And he told me that he was taught how to learn, land on aircraft carriers. And so that he always puts the wheels on the numbers. Um, which if you're landing at an airport that's got a really, really long runway, a lot of times it's a pain in the ass to land on the numbers because the taxiways are like way down the runway, you know, so you got a taxi for a long time. Um, but anyway, uh, wait, what were we talking about? We were talking Camera about, store. say again? Monetized, demonetized, gambling, casino. Oh, you were talking car, about card, card, card counting, card counting. So because this guy had, this guy was a card counter and he figured out that if he flew his own plane, to Vegas, they have cameras in the airports looking for the card counters, but they didn't have cameras at the airports looking at the private planes. So he would fly to Vegas in his private plane. He would walk into, he would walk into a different casino every time, uh, walk into the hundred dollar blackjack, hundred dollar minimum blackjack table. He would play for 15 minutes. He would win $25,000. He would take his winnings and he would leave and he wouldn't go back to Vegas for five or six weeks. Um, and that's the way that he kept the, the grift going. Like they, they never really, they never really caught him. And he went go to a different casino every single time that he did it. Now, you know, the secret of citizen journalism, that's how we finance operations. <laughs> that's the only way it can happen. Um, but it's, yeah, that, that's, yeah, that's not what the, what was the Vegas shooter was. I was about to say, that's right. You beat me. Damn it. You beat me to it. You stole my thunder. Stephen Paddock. I was gonna say you Stephen did more Paddock, than one, yeah. more Except than one I thing. I think Stephen Paddock was just running a money laundry. I think that he was just taking his money that they were he was being paid, and then that's he how would you go know that buy, was he'd go buy gone. chips. That's how you know that that was an op gone wrong, because yeah. every other one they used to hammer gun control, and then that one, they just didn't touch gun control. They were like, "This guy was a real meanie." Well, rest in peace. And it was like, hold on. It sounds like a, you listen to the audio, people dissect the audio file, and it's like, this This can't be a bump stock. It's a belt fed. Where did he get all these guns? And everybody's like, you know, some people just snap anyway. And it was like, dude, there has never been an argument. 59 killed, 500 injured. And everybody is like, yeah, it's a baddie. Anyways, but then like two people get shot at a school and we get the whole gun control argument. That's how you know something from the up top was like, just don't, just don't. T- I mean, nothing ever. Think about it. Orange Man was in office, and they never even pinned this to him. Of all the bad things Trump did, they never even held Stephen Paddock, the worst shooter in U.S. history. That's how you know that was just something that went bad and wasn't supposed to go bad. Well, I have a comment on that because when the story broke, uh, I said when the story gets to the 40, I can't remember what floor it was, but the top four floors where the the Four Seasons. The Saudi, yeah, the Saudis were. Yeah, with, and I said, when the, when the story gets to the 46th floor, call me. Because everything between now and then is going to just be a big wank. Everybody's going to be wasting their time until they get to the real story, which is these Saudis who had this sort of kind of um, girls club, right? I did it. There was a story in 2017. This guy named Oteba, who was the uh, UAE ambassador, 
who was basically, you know, fanning out the girls like a deck of cards and saying, which one do you want at that same hotel for all these shakes that were coming in, like, the, like, well, you, you know, here's your bathrobe, here's your choice of girls, you know, there's the limo that, you know, that you can go in. It was, it was sort of one of those operations. And four years later, almost to the day, they had this shooting thing. And I don't want to be one of those conspiracy theorists or anything, but it did involve a lot of oil shakes. And that's, I think, one of those things, kind of like 9-11, where, you know, like, how did all these guys get in to the country and take all these plane lessons? And, you know, what's going on here? So anyway, I don't, I, I'm not a 9-11 guy and I'm not a, a Vegas shooting guy. I'm a 9-11 guy and a Vegas shooting guy. Yeah, me so, too. Fuck you. Well, good for you. <laughs> so, uh, no, it's interesting because, uh, and uh, the, the videos that I consumed on YouTube where I got some of this information uh, were so poorly produced that I never shared them. And whenever I tried to show them to anybody else, they were just embarrassing because uh, I can't remember what the name of the guy is who produced them, but the, the information was kind of good. Uh, and at one point I thought of like downloading them and recutting them, but I thought, eh, why bother? Um, but the, uh, the the one hypothesis that I saw that, that made some sense is that um, immediately after, um, I believe, the Vegas shooting was that incident in Saudi Arabia where the newly appointed crown prince arrested yeah, all those guys and threw them in the Ritz-Carlton as a prison and then shook them down. Yeah. Um, and... Uh, uh, the uh, the story that I heard was that uh, he was there in Vegas, yeah. and that and that there was an attempt on his life, yeah. and that um, that the the the, uh, the shootout was some way of covering uh, uh, by either the people who were trying to assassinate him or or some other uh, uh, scenario while he was evacuated. Yeah, um, and, uh, that Paddock was providing the weapons. And the hit team was going to arrive, go to Paddock Street, get the goodies, bum rush the upstairs and take out the new king. Something went wrong. Either someone in Trump's intel community tipped them up. Whatever, for whatever reason, they got word of it. They got evacuated. And before uh, the FBI or whoever could break down Paddock's door, they're like, fuck this shit. A multi-man team fired into the crowd and then they iced Paddock and they vanished. And there's only one guy that saw Paddock that security guard and he only mm -hmm. gave one testimony on Ellen with his handlers and no one in the crowd. Oh, Jose Ramos. Yeah, man. I mean, now granted that's all high octane speculation, but uh, it never came up. Like that's how, you know, it's absurd. Is it just, it was just paddock up, just guy gone wrong. Girlfriend lives in the Philippines near all these like ISIS camps, but don't worry about it. Paddock uh, owned a plane, and before he owned that plane and after he owned – no, before – he owned the same plane with the same tail number that before him was oh, registered to the DOD. Just another coincidence. I mean, no cameras in a place where they have cameras in airports seeing the card counters come in, but Stephen Paddock, by his lonesome, just carries 21 long – I mean, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> But George, but George believes everything the FBI tells him. Yeah, because because I'm usually in an interrogation room when they're when they're telling me. But uh, so I say, for I legal reasons, George has to not comment for legal reasons. 
Well, you know, there was this gal at Santa Monica uh, Police Station. Uh, she was a trainer. She was recruiting really beautiful girls that looked really great in bikinis in Santa Monica. And four years before, she had taken this bus of these girls to this uh, hotel uh, where Oteba was. was there was an article called Diplomatic Underground, where Oteba was and, and bringing these girls in. And they were all drugged and raped. And they signed this thing called uh, Dumbo Drop. Uh, uh, you know, it, it said, like, I fill in stupid girl's name here, consent to whatever happens to me tonight if I'm, you know, whatever. Literally, it said, I insert stupid girl's name here. Uh, and it, interestingly enough, four years later, that same police lieutenant outreach of a woman brings those same girls from Santa Monica Beach, the girls with exciting bikinis, to Las Vegas. I, I always find those kind of similarities and coincidences interesting. But there you go. And I'm not a... I'm not a shooting guy, so I'm stopping now. Like, like Tim Dillon says, there are. Is, is, is this what we're talking about, George? Yeah, mm -hmm. Diplomatic Underground, and he was really good friends with um, Mike Morrell. How do I get rid of this pop up here? Join the newsletter. I don't want to join the newsletter. You can't. You have to join the cult. This this uh, Diplomatic Underground story. Uh, I remember I did it in front of the Navy Yard because I was covering the Navy Yard shooting. Um, but this was way before uh, the the um, shooting at that hotel. But it was this story here is about that hotel and about the girls that he would kind of splay out in front of all these Arab sheikhs. So it was just interesting that the shooting happened at, at that exact same hotel. And this was, I think, uh, one of P Pierre Omidar's inter The Intercept. I think had this article, if I'm not mistaken. Way that yeah, that, that's where that's that's where we are, Pierre Omidar. I mean, we are. So I believe everything. And the other the other thing I thought was interesting. Here they are. There you go. Is that Jeff Sessions? <laughs> I, I, Man, I if you, if you walk it, into yeah. a room with with two Robert of white. Gates. <laughs> Rick Olson, Robert Gates. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, if you ever walk into a nice, lavish room like this with two old white guys in suits and two guys in traditional Arab garb, this is definitely the last thing you're seeing. This is the last thing a lot of people have seen throughout the decades. <laughs> you, whether it's Robert Gates or whether it's Rumsfeld and Gaddafi, that's the last thing. Uh, kind of like in, uh, kind of like in Goodfellas when uh, Pesci walks in the room and just goes, "Oh no," and then he blows head off. That's the last thing that a lot of people have seen. Walking in, yeah, yeah. two old white guys in suits and, and two and two Arabs. You go, oh shit! <laughs> yeah, was I was fun while it lasted. Yeah, I was I, I was driving through the valley the other day past the old Hilton, which is now a Marriott, and uh, I pointed out to producer Kerry that that's where Ted Gunderson claimed that he met Osama bin Laden. Hmm. You know, right there, right there at the where the four hundred five and the one hundred one intersect in the San Fernando Valley. Um, so, go on. I was gonna say the amount of coincidences surrounding the Vegas shooting. It's I know you're a Tim Dillon fan. It's like what Tim Dillon says about coincidence. You know how like like John Hinckley Jr.'s yeah, John Hinckley's family was having dinner with Neil Bush like the night he fired at Reagan. Like that coincidence. Mm -hmm. like, the fact that we were like, and it was on the front page of all the newspapers. Yeah, he, or yeah. you know, like, 
or yeah, or you know that the Secret Service just wasn't on like the back of JFK's Cadillac, or just all of these things, or that the guy that they had a file, they had a file on Lee Harvey. What, starting what, what, what about that bill? According to Roger Stone, uh, the 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 White House aide who had the the bulletproof. Uh, t- top taken off of the Lincoln Continental was Bill Moyers. Yeah, and uh, yeah. and and the head of uh, CIA counterintelligence, James Jesus Angleton, had a file on Lee Harvey starting in 1959, four years prior. I mean, on the morning of September 11, 2001, we were running a war game called Vigilant Guardian where we were war gaming out commercial airliners getting hijacked. As Tim Dillon says, those are not coincidences. A coincidence is when you're on a cruise off the coast of Florida and you're from Brooklyn and you meet someone else from Brooklyn. That's a coincidence. These are not coincidences. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'll tell you something that is a coincidence. Coincidence is when you meet someone else with the last name Webb, not when every person involved with the Wuhan virus's last name is Benassi. That's not a coincidence. (laughs) Thank you, because... Here's the thing. There is royal throne treatment. They call it royal throne treatment. When you are, if you are ever picked up at a villa owned by uh, Italian royalty, <coughs> and I'm talking about gigantic uh, um, uh, place where you're in, you know, you're at a stable that can uh, easily host like the Shriners National Convention. That's just the outbuilding. You know, this isn't even the, the main building. When a guy from Ferrari's team, you know, the racing team, comes and gets you in a black SUV with a flat 12, you know, no, drives no, 180 no, no, miles. Mercedes S-Class. Okay. Yeah. And, and yeah. he drives you 180 yeah. miles an hour, and you yeah. never felt so safe. And then you, you are ushered quickly, quickly, into a, a ballroom full of people cheering you, introducing you as Peter Duke from Hollywood, right? And then they put you on the, the chair, you know, hoisting you in celebration. That's not a coincidence either. But drop, dial the clock back, dial it back 100 years. Who's in that same chair in that same town near Modena? Francesco Benassi, and he promises to get the papal lands back for the Pope. Is that a coincidence or not? I don't know. And what do you think the Pope wants to do with those papal lands? Is there uranium? Uh, you know, it's it's prime real estate, you know? I, I just think that the Pope likes land, you know? I, you know, when you go from, you know, let's look at the papal states just for one second. We're talking, um, like, all the way to, like... I don't know, uh, not just Modena, not just Reggio Emilia, not just uh, uh, Bologna, but then all the way down the coast. you got a heck of a lot of coastline here. Uh, then all the way back around to Rome. You don't, in uh, Pius IX, right, he doesn't lose just a little bit of it. He loses the whole kit and caboodle, including Rome, including where he lives. He can't leave Neither can Pius X. They can't leave their house without stepping in uh, somebody else's land, the king's land. So wouldn't you want some of that back? At least, you know, I mean, you could take a walk. You couldn't even, they called him prisoner of the Vatican because he couldn't even take a walk. That's right. Right. So, and now comes, and, and now 1871, that happens. 
who do you name? Who does the Pope name as a cardinal in Reggio Emilia? Francesco Benassi. Interesting. Uh, would you name somebody who was going to get your land back, or would you name somebody who's going to go, hey, you know, Pope, <laughs> you know, land does slip through the fingers of, you know, the holy eminences. Remember, too. You mean that, it's not about saving souls, George? <laughs> I just want you to remember that Pius IX said that's when popes became infallible. So if you lose your land, you know somebody wronged you, did you bad. So I'm just, I'm just throwing it out there. Is that you know, you have the Peter Duke experience, the Ferrari racing team, the hoisting of the uh, of him. Sure. And, but like I that, said, like I said earlier, I think when they, they did it to him, they were probably holding up a throne. I was like on a cafe chair. Yeah. <laughs> but still, it happened. Yeah. You know they'd done it before. That's not a coincidence. Like Tommy says, it's not like you were. Oh, you're from Pacific Palisades too, Francesco Benassi. Now, there's something very, very important about this, and I don't want to miss it. All right. I am I am going to uh, complain one more time out loud. I use a backup service called Backblaze, which I turn off, and then it turns back on magically. And there's no way for me to prevent... No way for me to back up my computer and 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 manage my live streams without going insane. So I apologize to anybody if my signal has digressed, but I turned it off before I started, and then it started again, and I just turned it off again. So I'm I'm apologizing here in the middle of our live stream. Sorry, this isn't very professional. It, it was all if, uh, Peter. If that had happened to me a hundred years after that had happened to Francesco Benassi. I would be looking around the room too, I, I, so I don't blame you for having background actually, problems. Actually, that's a conspiracy I hadn't thought of. That they're doing it to me on purpose. They're just like flipping the the channel on me. You know, it's oh, George. It's, I do have to say on a side note. So I interviewed an author the other day, uh, Peter Dale Scott. I think is his name. He's not. Yeah. Wow. You got that in Peter Dale Scott? Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Oh, wow. So I hadn't, I, I just read his book by chance and email. I had no idea it was 93. And we were talking and, you know, he told me beforehand, he goes. It's called, it's like calling Noam, it's like doing, saying, oh, I interviewed Noam Chomsky. I didn't know that. I honestly didn't know. I'd never heard of him before. But before we start recording, he goes, he goes, you have to excuse me. He's like, I'm 93 years old. My memory is not what it used to be. I was like, sure, I got you. That dude was so sharp. I told him after we finished recording. Maybe it's not professional to say what I talk about on and off air. But I was like, dude, your your memory was incredible. But so he was going through all this, you know, he was naming dates and articles from the 70s and different lines of like Ukrainian bloodlines. But at some point he goes, he starts bringing up a Ukrainian general, an arms manufacturer. And he was like, you know, and I don't know if you've heard of him. And I, I only know I only remember one name just because I follow your Twitter, George. But I go, Kolomoisky. Just has like just kind of guessing, and he goes impressive. Goes, How do you know that? And I, I go, I go. I interview a guy called George Webb, and that was just. I mean, I could have been completely wrong, but I was like, I know like two names from George, and it's like Kolomoisky or Benassi, and I was like, I'm just gonna go shooting. So I got to sound so smart. I was like, oh yes, of course, General Kolomoisky, and he was like incredible. And I was like, and I literally said on the podcast, I just George Webb. I I, I interview a guy called George Webb, but he was super cool. Well, yeah, I, I based my whole series in 2016. Uh, the whole baseline was Peter Dale Scott. Oh, really? Uh, and 
So, yeah. so, so you don't do 9-11, you don't do Vegas Shooter, but you do do JFK? Is that the deal? Peter Dale Scott is so much more. Uh, we literally did does... a podcast on his book, The Road to 9-11. Yeah, yeah. Specifically talking about Cheney. Yeah. Uh, you, I avoid 9-11 and, and so forth because people immediately put you in the box and go, okay, conspiracy well, theorists. You can't, you can't give a shit about that. You have to pursue truth no matter how absurd it is. Believe me, I do that. I know every day, you. I know you. But, know. I'm not not to preach to you. I know you know. <laughs> but but the the thing about Peter George, Scott, George has been deplatformed. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm like more, I'm like people are trying to kill. You, I know. No, I'm realizing as I say these words, I'm like I, I'm telling Michael Jordan. I'm like you got to practice your jumper, and he's like, bitch. Yeah. So no, I let me take those words back. I know you. No, know. no, it's all good. <laughs> no, I I just want to say though, there's so much more to Peter Dale Scott than. Like, you know, Alex Jones kind of made his salt on 9-11. Peter Dale Scott goes all the way back to Osama bin Laden Uh and, you know, using these, you know, sort of fake Muslims and these terror campaigns, as Peter mentioned, keep people in a constant state of fear. The whole idea of terrorism and Muslim terrorism is just this construct to put you into a uh, receptive state to to give the... uh, Deep state, all mm-hmm. kinds of uh, surveillance. So he is such a. Uh, I, I'm so proud of you, Tommy. Is he, he really uh, is. getting He's a these big name. Fantastic interviews. That's awesome. I'm. I'm kind of. Thank you. I'm kind of embarrassed. I didn't know how big of a name. Like, like getting Richard Rhodes. Like I understand the gravity of like Richard Rhodes. I'm like this guy's a legend. I hadn't. I legitimately hadn't heard of Peter Dale Scott. Now I kind of feel embarrassed. You, you know, you shouldn't feel embarrassed. I mean, again, it's pulling the curtains back, like George says. It's like when I first started watching The Finger, you know, going around the PowerPoint slides and George connecting the dots, I was thinking, how does he know all of this? Where does all of this come from? And then I then I find out after, you know, watching John O'Laughlin, oh, people wrote books about this stuff. Like, like, sure. And George and, and Tommy has a list on the... On the Duke Report now, there's a Tommy Kerrigan list. There's a George Webb list for people who want to catch up, right? They, you know, they, you, you want to you want to go read a few books so that you want to be on the same uh, page at least on a, a couple of chapters. Uh, the books are there. So, yeah. uh, well, you know, I I tried to give Peter Dale Scott and and William Engdahl were the two you know that I really gave a lot of credit to when I first got started, and I I basically use that as a platform, and then I dig from there. Uh, he had done a lot on Pakistan, you know, drugs, war, and oil, and that whole kind of uh, odd, you know, crime triangle that could, these guys all seem to share. And and just that concept right there alone. I could try to uh, get you on with them. Oh, I'd love that. Oh, I'll, I, make I a, yeah, I'll, I'll make a note of that right now. I don't, I don't oh. know. If, I don't know if it'll work. Let me, let me. Oh, I'd I, love that. I normally, oh, I normally, I normally make these kind of, uh, I normally bring make these propositions when I'm like not recording. So on the off chance that it doesn't work, I don't feel like an asshole, but yeah, I'll make a note of it. Oh, tremendous honor. That would be. And, you know, I just think that he, uh, you know, he was a a Canadian diplomat, I Mm -hmm. believe. Um, and, uh, for 30, 40 years before he ever put pen to paper for the first, first time. So he really had, uh, you know, he's the real deal, you know, Alex, kind of came into it and said, well, you know, I'll, I'll juice this story with 9-11 and he did a good job. Yeah. 
but was kind of always, I don't want to say shock journalism, but he was always looking at the numbers. He was always looking at the views even yeah. before the internet, uh, social media. Peter Dale Scott wasn't like that. He wrote books. Well, he's a Berkeley, he's a, he's a professor emeritus of yeah, history yeah, yeah. At, at Berkeley. And, yeah, he and wrote English, books. And English yeah, professor, you know, yeah. So he wasn't interested in, in, in necessarily the things that motivate most people on YouTube. He really wanted to get the history down so people understood really what was happening. And that's why I respect him so much. And Engdahl is the same way. Yeah. Engdahl's in Germany. I probably need to go visit him too. Yeah, Alex Jones, I mean, he is always right and he does a lot of great work. But he, it's all he's also very clearly, I mean, he's running a business. He's looking at, no, I mean, so do I. I look at it too. Um, but yeah, yeah, there's definitely a, like a, yeah, you can tell there's a difference. Like, I mean, Peter Dale Scott came on my show. He did say that he, he, he normally doesn't do interviews, but he saw in my email that I told him, because I always put in emails to potential guests, how come the podcast isn't on YouTube? Because that often comes up when they're like, hey, I can't find you on YouTube. And I'm like, yeah, I was perma-banned. A lot of people get a little, they get cold feet. They're like, why were you banned from YouTube? And so I always have to explain it was for interviewing McCullough and Malone and not because I'm up there doing some Nazi salute. But, uh, he said the only reason why he responded to my email is because I had been permanently banned from YouTube. And he said that was a badge of honor. And I was like, fuck yeah. So very, very good. In fact, maybe, cool. that, maybe that's a new uh, uh, hoodie design. Uh, banned from YouTube. Uh, yeah. Banned from YouTube. Yeah. Dude, I've had more people come on. I've had more like big name guests I've had on tell me beforehand. Like, you really got banned from YouTube? And I'm like, yeah. And they're like, yeah. They're like, that's why I responded. And I'm like, oh, cool. It's like a. Right. It's like a, I, don't know. It's like a cool I just thought I'd turn you on to this resource. Uh, Richard Grove uh, has this uh, thing called the brain. Uh, and if you uh, type anybody's name into it or any, the, uh, any kind of conspiracy, it'll give you all of the things that he's researched that are connected to it. Whoa. So, so um, That's it's an amazing. Badass. Yeah. yeah. So if you want to do a little quick research on someone before you, uh, before you do it, uh, a podcast. It's a, it's you know, a, it's a great I, love, I love the brain uh, because the connected dots thing and so forth, the visual display and, and, and so forth. The brain is also one of those programs that doesn't go away. It wakes up when your computer wakes up and it's hard to get rid of the brain uh, once you get it on your computer, but that's just an aside. You well, really yeah, and this is another like weird Peter Duke overlap, but when I was working at News Corps, uh, the Harlan Hugh, who invented the brain uh, came in to visit me because he was trying to get us to use it as the interface for, uh, you know, all the Fox properties. And uh, while, while I think it's great for doing network analysis, I, I, I have some uh, navigation issues with it. Richard Grove seems to have figured it all out and, uh, and uh, in, in ways that I haven't, but I still find it really useful. Like when I'm trying to research something to go, Go look it up on the brain, and it's hard to find on Richard's site. So if you go to the Duke Report under uh, search engines, it's Richard Grove's brain is a link there. That's amazing. Now, does he make all these? And you and if you type, he, yeah, this, this, he made this. So it's right. not something that like I couldn't type in Tommy Carrigan and it would like model something. Yeah, 
he no no he, but no but you tommy kerrigan can start his own brain okay. and tommy kerrigan can create his own thing and i think you may be able to actually connect it to other brains i'm not sure uh, i wasn't that. sure if it was something that happened like natural like you could type in a name and it would model it no all of these links richard grove has put in there i'm sure so. i'm sure the nsa has got something wonderful you type in a name and it models it for you yeah, it's called palantir yeah 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 yeah, yeah. <laughs> that probably gives you the, near, the 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 location of the nearest drone. Yeah. Well, and, remove and, yes and no. Promise was before that, you know, and uh, yeah, definitely they're way out, way out front with whatever we think we have. They're way out front with, with these tools. In, you can type but in George I, Webb and it tells you I, where the nearest Reaper drone is. <laughs> yeah, MQ nine. MQ nine. Remove yes, no. It's not today. Remind me tomorrow. You can say remind me later, or remind me tomorrow, or remind me ne- remind me next week. Reminder: It's the first of the month. Would you like George Webb removed? Ah, no, let, let it run. Let it run. Yeah, literally, figuratively, like. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, no. I mean, no. There's a, there's a sliding scale, you know. No, yeah, it po- his little reminders, and it's like it's the first of the month. You haven't removed any journalists lately. And you're like, ah, I'm not today. I gotta fill out a bunch of paperwork, and it's every once in a while we'll all be together, and it's like target of opportunity, and it's like, ooh, I could, I could get a raise with this one. Take out yeah, the, Tommy uh, and You know, I thought Andrew. about that a lot about how convenient it was after the uh, the the COVID thing happened, and people started meeting virtually. You know. Like, uh, uh, you didn't get everybody in the same room at Davos anymore, you know, which yeah. would, you know, which would be like a really oh. convenient, convenient oh. place to nuke if you wanted oh, yeah. to kind of take care of things. Oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. I think. And again, I'm not, I'm not a proponent of violence and I have no nuclear weapons. I was going to say, I, I don't know. I don't yeah. know how, how, yeah. I don't know how. I, I have, I have a pitchfork on my wall with a scrubble and a laser. Violent yeah. threats can be if we're talking yeah. about nukes, we don't have yeah. nukes. I was going to say on that note, and then I'll let George talk is uh tim kennedy that former green beret like last august whenever we were withdrawing from kabul remember the taliban was posting pictures and they were like all at that embassy tim kennedy was like so they're all right there just in one spot telling us they're there hmm interesting well, uh, now that you bring that up the you're <coughs> talking about the J, uh, the famous joe biden pull out leaving you know, covert weapons for the next 50 years uh, in in Afghanistan, I think. arms deal ever. Yeah. Every one of these pictures looks like Peter Duke and The Last Supper. It's The Last Supper picture. If you look at that picture of those. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's The Last Supper. It's Peter Duke with all the, the shaft lighting right out of Dali. It's Peter Duke. Bring uh, Peter, can you bring us that picture? Of these guys? Wait, why are you saying Peter Duke? Well, well Peter Duke, he, 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 because I become the generic um, placeholder for all. Oh, uh, okay, uh, I didn't know for, that. For, for, for all photographers that know what they're doing with the camera. Oh. Um, there's many, there's millions of us, but um, I thought George. Uh, was now, just okay, so how do I find this, George? Well, if you look at the terrorists that we're meeting uh, and and <laughs> negotiating with Biden over the billions and billions and billions of dollars of weapons that we left and they're all sitting around this table like tommy's saying with you know bandoleras of machine gun bullets you know just every uh hollywood you know trope that you can squeeze into one photo and they're all uh like tommy's saying they're all there 
why wouldn't we drone that place? Yeah. You know, and, and it looks just like the Last Supper with the lighting. It reminded me so much of the Azov Saul guys. And I said, they hired Peter Duke. They hired they, somebody. They hired somebody. In, in D.C., um, the people who do propaganda, they have a really nice name for them. They call them public affairs. Um, so there was some public affairs person who did that. Um, okay, I, I, I've, I've written down, I mean, typed in uh, Islamists negotiating with Biden. Is that, should that get us to play? Yeah, and, and I would say retreat from Afghanistan or, okay. I don't know. Afghanistan pull out or whatever they called it. But um, there was two images that really kind of, these images kind of stick to your mind, sort of like Forrest Gump moments Mm -hmm. and make up your internal uh, history track that you play back to yourself. One of them was these guys all sitting around the thing with the last supper table. And then the other image was people hanging on the C-47 or the C-130 and trying to get, you know, sort of like the last images of Vietnam where they were all hanging off the helicopter. And these are just so staged events, but they're... Well, I, don't think, I, don't, I don't think the guys hanging off the landing gear were staged. I think those guys died. No, I, I know, yeah. but I'm just saying, it's like, how could you have a mobile, you know, trolley cam of that with, you know, perfect, getting the sweat on their faces and the terror on their faces, close-ups... How could you possibly have staged it that Hollywood esque? I don't know. It might it might have been that there was a, a ton of photos and you choose that one. Like <clears throat> like you can always see how they would how they'd frame Trump. It was always like from the bottom looking up. You always want because that's like the least flattering image of anyone is like looking up. You see like their chin. They always frame it so he's more orange. And versus like you can tell when they have like some politician they like there's always this sort of like light gleam behind them it's the halo effect you can always do that stuff so that's that's a huge part i think the just kind of as an aside the most absurd or the most i guess i don't know just weird uh, similarity was the images of the guys falling off the c-130 and just how much they looked like the 9-11 jumpers just like the i sun. found i found this one george and it's lit very nicely but you know this is natural light that's pretty good that's pretty good. Yeah. That's such a shitty movie outtake. <laughs> Joe Biden, it's probably the only, uh, like, I don't know. It's, yeah, you know what? Shitty movie outtake is probably like the, the best description I can imagine. That's um, what this is. The, the caption to this one is, how many did we leave behind? You know, uh, you know this, this makes it look like, uh, you know, uh, a moment uh, at Reykjavik, you know, like some great decision was made and we saved the world this was one of the most ignominious retreats ever where we left you know a hundred billion dollars worth of military hardware how can you do that i can't even imagine it was an arms deal Uh, it was an arms deal yeah i mean i think i think tommy's right i think when i found out that there was a pallet of money involved like they left a pallet of money we left a ton of arms to the rebels and the taliban and al-qaeda so that when we came back home and started shutting down oil leases and forced everyone to buy electric cars, that would drive up the need for lithium. And where all the lithium is is in Afghanistan, and they're now armed to the teeth. Oh boy, we got to go in there and liberate the lithium for another twenty years. You know, Wells, uh, that's an awesome uh, comment about lithium because it's true, and a lot of the um, 
uh, coal mines in America have lithium deposits. And the Donbass, it turns out coal and lithium. <laughs> what a coincidence. Uh, yeah, it's the Donbass. There's a huge lithium corporation of Ukraine. I'm, I can't, I'm not kidding. It's like when Ellen you meet Musk. someone else from Brooklyn. Ellen Musk is the <laughs> person in the world that you should trust for anything. He's Klaus Schwab's illegitimate child. I just don't know who the mother is. But the mother was not a supermodel. I mean, it's, but doesn't that seem like it is? Like, what were they all? You know who I think the mother might be is Christian Anampour of CNN. The mother of who? Of of, uh, Ellen Musk with Klaus Schwab. I think Christian Anampour. Okay, I don't even know where to go with that one. I'm just saying, you 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 can't how, fight the bloodlines. I love how George will steer clear of 9/11, but he'll just go out, just guns blazing. Like I know who Elon Musk's mom, his real mom is. It's like I didn't even know this was a, a conspiracy theory. Well, if there wasn't one there before, if George, there wasn't will make one, sure there is one we're done. <laughs> I'm saying, come on, guys, Elon Musk, right? And he supposedly, you know, I was reading a comic book about space, and then I became a billionaire, and, you know, with Falcon 9, and then I I bought Twitter and drove up the price. And, oh, by the way, I'm not really going to buy Twitter, so I just drove up the price for all of our insiders. And then I, they rumored I was going to buy YouTube, drove up the price for the insiders so they could dump their stock. And and then I became a monk. I don't know. He, every breadcrumb that I was thrown out about Elon Musk, everybody on the alt media just slops up so quickly. And he's the last guy in the world. He's, he's Elon Musk personified. You talk about Club of Rome, right? Wasn't there a bank in Rome? That was somehow involved in some shady dealing called the Vatican Bank. The what Vatican Bank, which, which yeah. is right, which we talked about earlier, is sovereign even beyond the Vatican. Like the, they're what? their own. The Vatican Bank is its own country. Like the Vatican the is its own Rome. country, and the Vatican Bank is its own country. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so this and the and the Bank of Rome too. I mean, this is like, you know, revolutions are us, overthrows are us. And we have to meet every once in a while to figure out, you know, we all get on the same page to all do the inside trading together. This is Klaus Schwab with Henry Kissinger. This is not a secret, right? So how does Elon Musk get all of his money? Does Do we do we have all the money uh, with, with Klaus Schwab come out and say, hey, my dad did flamethrowers for Hitler. Uh, we, we processed a lot of uh, paperclip Nazis into national laboratories in America. We did portable nuclear labs. Um, hey, this is this is what we do, and that's how I made all my money. Hitler's did best. He, did, he, did he do flamethrowers? I thought he did uh, turbines for for hydroelectric dams. Later on, Salzer Bingham later on, but but before that, his father did flamethrowers for Hitler. Okay. Now you want to talk about a musical that Mel Brooks might have missed? Flamethrowers for Hitler. It became my first love, you know, just singing about flamethrowers in springtime. 
Uh, we got some new Elon tweets. Uh, uh, yeah, Elon uh, tweeted this two hours ago. Whoever thought owning the libs? Now, this is a this is a, a red flag for Peter Duke. When I see a term like I, I, you know, I beat Benny Johnson up about it all the time. Whoever thought owning the libs would be cheap never tried to acquire a social media company. So the red flag for me is like owning the libs because that immediately drops you into this dialectic, right? Yeah, the the buzzing. And, of the, and so my comment. Well, how- Go on. Uh, well, I'm just saying Elon Musk also sold a low-cost consumer flamethrower. It ties them together. I mean, how many people sell flamethrowers? Coincidence is two people from Brooklyn <laughs> meeting each other on a cruise ship. <laughs> get, George won't touch Stephen Paddock. But he's like, Elon sold a flamethrower. <laughs> Unequivocally, Elon sells flamethrowers. Now he does, and 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 his, and, and, and Klaus Schwab's father sold flamethrowers. Like I never thought about it before, George. But that's such a flamethrower family. That's such a troll. Like that's that's so trolling the universe there. So yeah, Elon Musk. Whoever thought owning the libs would be cheap? Never tried to acquire a social media company. And my comment back, which I'm sure he doesn't see because there's probably a hundred thousand comments are. Libs believe in liberty. Whoever they are, they're not libs. America is a conservative country, but the values they are trying to conserve are liberal. Life, liberty, the pursuit of happiness. I didn't write that. C. Wright Mills, that was a C. Wright Mills idea. And, uh, you know, I, I just I have a problem with, with uh, the dialectic. Any Anytime somebody tells you that there's only two ways to solve a problem, yeah. It, it leaves the, the the infinite number of other ways to solve the problem out of the conversation. Yeah. And I believe that that's just a, a form of mind control. Yeah. Okay, let's put flamethrowers aside for a second. <laughs> How about transhumanist chips in your brain? Absolutely. How many people run around and say, Absolutely. Let's, I'm on your you side know what? 100% you really need, <laughs> You know, you don't need to take a little time off in vacation or slow down your backswing for your golf. You need a chip for your brain. It, that would really solve a lot for you. It's like that meme where it's like, it's, it's you know, Bill Gates. We're all like, fuck, no, you're not giving me your mRNA vaccine. I won't do that. And then it's like Elon literally saying, I want to put a chip in your brain. And we're all like, yeah, the meme lord. And it's like, there's not even like speculation, at least with like Klaus and and. And and Gates, you have to still kind of speculate. You have to be like, I mean, they're very clearly trying to like give us digital IDs and track us. Elon's just openly saying like, no, here's my company. Here's my tests. I'm putting a chip in a brain. Like it's out in the open. And everyone's just and like, a- yeah. AI? Yeah. Right, well, on, AI? On, May th- on May 3rd, this story was featured on the, as the headline story on the Duke Report, which is how Elon stacks up against Klaus Schwab and the World Economic Forum. And if you if you look and see how he lines up with uh, yeah. oh yeah, carbon, that. carbon yeah. tax, universal basic income, uh, mRNA, my, myocarditis injections, transhumanism, and one world government, it's like uh, bingo. You know, you get five in a row. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Who paid you to keep flamethrowers off the list, Peter? (laughs) (laughs) I didn't repress flamethrowers. I did not make this list. Uh, Technocracy News made this list. I only linked to it. The Duke Report. Okay, I got another one. Okay. I got another one. How about 
hey, we're going to cut the internet off. We're going to have a kill switch for the internet. And that's why I invested in all these Starlink satellites. Yeah. So you schmucks will be in the dark when we decide to do the, the, the FEMA cams. Yeah. yeah. He flat out says it. We yeah. need to have communications among ourselves when you guys are all cut off from internet and, and food, water, and light. Yeah. yeah. Honey pot, slaughter pen. You could use one of my flamethrowers to briefly light your way to to the FEMA train. So so Mike Cernovich bought one of those flamethrowers, and I went over to his house and I I photographed him. I'll, I'll, I'll oh, my friend, my friend has my friend has one. They're pretty unimpressive. Um, you know what? They kind of aren't, and the reason is is because the tank doesn't hold very much gas. They basically use the I think the same kind of butane that like a Coleman stove uses or something like that. And you give it ten good blasts, and That's it's done. I mean. It's a it's a it's a roof it's a roofing torch. He, Is he, it? He literally he said he literally when he went on uh, Rogan for the first time. That's what he said. It's a, it's a roofing torch, and they just put like a sheathing on it. That's all it is. Papa Cone wants to know what my radio calls what our radio call signs are. What the hell's a radio uh, call sign? Kilo Mike Six Hotel November Oscar is my ham call sign, and uh, WRJR eight six four is my GMRS call sign. There you go. Do I have a radio? Do I have something I that I don't know of? I don't know. I I I, I got my ham radio license because George because George told me that uh, Nelly Orr had a ham radio license, and I was thinking, why does Nelly Orr have a ham radio license? What is it that I don't know about ham radio that I need to know? And the only thing that I could come up with was digital modes, which is that a lot of people don't realize that you can actually send things like email um, with ham radio using things called digital modes. And so that's what I learned after I got my ham radio license. And I have a radio that's capable of doing digital modes, but I haven't taught myself how to do it yet. Well, take heart. <laughs> it's not, it's a good thing. Here's the thing, right? She's MITRE, right? MITRE Corporation comes out of JSON, right? This is not conspiracy theory. These are all the Nazi guys Jason coming together scientists. July, August, September, you yeah. know, uh, uh, October, November. And MITRE comes out of that because somebody figured out the, the month mean, right? So she's still bringing these people in. What do you do when there's somebody she, who comes in? You're talking talk about Nellie. Nelly, yeah, yeah, yeah. With Peter Strzok, I mean, uh, Lisa Page worked Lisa, for her. And Lisa, Lisa Page is bringing, is is doing the, the paperwork. Right? Well, they, they were bringing in uh, Iranian nuclear scientists or people in the different dark weapons. They're putting them in Battelle labs, you know, that were doing all these weapons. And then they're farming them out to Iran. Then Iran farms them out to everybody like Ukraine or whatever. So, so this is how we do it. Right. This is how we create terror in America is we farm it out to a foreign uh, power and then we have them zap us every once in a while to scare the bejesus out of us. OK, so that's Nellie Orr. Of course, she would want encrypted radio for doing that kind of business. Well, it's, it would not want to do a taxi radio for that kind of business. Technically, well, encrypted, you have to have a commercial license and ham is not commercial, but you can if you have a commercial license on commercial bands, you can do encrypted radio. Um, but ham is not encrypted. So the only thing that I could think is that it might be encoded. Although encoded is technically illegal, I don't believe that there is an FCC police force 
that goes out and arrests people for sending sending encoded uh, yeah. digital messages because first of all they they'd have to go pick them up and I'm not sure that the you know NSA is necessarily paying any attention to that although they might and, but if you're working for the NSA and then you're doing it then they're not really going to catch you are they right and no real spy worth their salt is going to go hey spy one spy one come in meet down at Peter Strzok's, you know, lunch club, you know, down there in, in Georgetown. Right. They, they have a thing where they call keying, just keying, the repeater, where you just go like that. And when you hear the double click or the triple click, you all know, hey, let's go down to, uh, you know, Georgetown at Peter Strzok's. I can't remember the, uh, I went down to the uh, Italian restaurant Biden used to meet with, uh, and Hunter Biden used to meet with all their so-and-sos. But, but you get the idea is that you don't want to use normal uh, phones and things that the NSA is crawling all over. You want to use some kind of out of band or not expected method of communication. Sure. And, you know, the, the old school way of people communicating with each other is that they've got code words. So they may say, you know, you know, how was your lunch today? And it's like, well, I had the salami sandwich, you know, if one of one, it was the uh, uh, Paul Revere, right? Uh, one of by land, two of by sea, two lanterns. It's like you you have your communication uh, tells already uh, prearranged, and then it just sounds like you're having a normal. You know, John Podesta famously talking about hot dogs and a map on his handkerchief, oh, yeah. and uh, oh yeah, and walnut sauce, and walnut sauce, and no reporter ever asked him no reporter ever asked him hey what did you mean by by pizza and hot dogs in those emails that were weapons weapons deals yeah. those maps were all weapons deals on the back of handkerchiefs so um so so if they were weapons deals was the uh, child trafficking the uh the, the, dis the, the discredit the, the throw as it were to get yeah. people so you got everybody looking out at, 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 at looking for oh, these people are doing terrible things to children, but what they're really doing is that they're just moving giant weapons caches around. Yeah, you know, uh, Podesta, you know, with the Holy Father thing and the, and the Pope thing, and they brought uh, the Pope, and I can't remember Clancy, remember he ran the Secret Service? Uh, those guys were just so, like, soldiers of the Pope. They were always looking for another... Uh, country to overthrow <laughs> and can't we run another uh, uh overthrow through the vatican bank please 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 uh you know uh joe uh, and and they ran it through joe it looks like they ran it through joe and hunter's blackberry unfortunately obama's blackberry couldn't even call for pizza they only had 20 calls he could make it was so dumbed down you know it couldn't have been obama's blackberry but, uh, you know, Podesta has a huge long history in Ukraine with Paul Manafort. That all got, like, swept under the rug. Uh, that's why I sued uh, Podesta in this. Now we're uncovering some of that with Sussman, uh, you know, with uh, this Durham investigations getting to a little bit of that. But those guys were all involved in these covert actions. This, uh, If you look back in 2014... Podesta was all over that overthrow in Ukraine with Manafort. All those guys got turned into heroes and they got plugged into the Trump campaign. So I'm sorry to get off Ellen Musk. Flamethrowers are more fun. <laughs>
No, that's okay. And while we were talking about it and talking about money laundering, I was thinking, well, what's going on on Whale Alert? I don't know if any of you guys are familiar with Whale Alert, but Whale Alert is, you know, what people don't realize, you know, about Bitcoin is that, um, you know, there's this myth that that all these transactions are uh, are anonymous. The only thing that's anonymous are who, who the wallet owners are. But as we all know, wallets in a lot of cases are attached to IP numbers or IMA. IMIE numbers or MAC addresses. So the idea that any of these things are actually anonymous is kind of laughable. But uh, just in the last 19 minutes, uh, somebody moved $204,830,398 in from one wallet to another. Somebody moved 49. Oh, it looks like hubby, hubby, hubby. So this looks like this is almost... $300 million. Well, no, the first one's hubby to something else, and then the other two are something to hubby. Okay, all right. Yeah, they got to go. use the restroom. I'll be right back. Okay. And uh, so anyway, uh, uh, yeah, this is this is, this is kind of an interesting thing because when you see hundreds of millions of dollars kind of floating around like this, uh, an hour ago, this is $348 million, and then... Two hours ago, $28 million, and then two hours ago, $29 million. Like, it just goes like this. Like, you could just keep scrolling like this, right? There's hundreds of millions of dollars in the crypto world just, like, moving around. And th this has got to be deals, right? This has got to be people. I mean, it's not just speculators who are buying, a sh you know, a shit coin and then driving it up. Although, you know, uh, I there, there was an intrigue last week. Did you hear the intrigue about how... Bitcoin got crashed last week. And no, no, tell me that. Um, I need to maybe producer Carrie can go find me the there. There's a. Uh, I think I think it's a tweet. It might you might be able to find it in my timeline. Um, uh, apparently, I think BlackRock and the company that owns, uh, is it Robinhood? What's the name of the uh, the. Uh, there's kind of a populist uh, Robinhood. Robinhood. So Robinhood and BlackRock, they they bought uh, like uh, three billion dollars worth of one coin. I, we'll, we'll get the. Uh, I, I think he, I think Elon Musk actually uh, uh, tweeted about it. Also, uh, anyway, there was some intrigue. I don't have the details nailed down, but. Uh, basically, uh, they bought something and then they sold something, uh, and it wound up uh, uh, triggering a massive uh, sell-off in the market, and it dropped Bitcoin by like you know forty percent in a day. Um, and it seems to have been engineered. And Elon Musk was uh, questioning whether or not it was it was done on purpose or not. If, if uh, you have uh, any kind of uh, force multiplier for social media. Jeff Prather calls them, you know, uh, force multipliers, where uh, like a Berge, uh, Patrick Berge talked about, uh, you know, the, the clear force type thing where you have 100 bots that can do anything. Mm -hmm. If you're Elon Musk, you could just just make billions all the time on uh, insider rumors, just creating uh, just fake demand curves. And watching right. them bottom out and buying at the bottom. I mean, it's like a, a Rothschild bingo, you know. It's, it's like, where would you stop? I mean, it's just like I could punch this button and get $100 million every time I want. Okay, so Ham Solo says Terra Luna, which crashed, has gone up 10,000% in two days since. 
Yeah, when it crashed 99%, whenever something crashes 99%, I'm immediately thinking, I should go buy that. Well, yeah. Yes. Of course. So I should I was thinking I should have bought Terra Luna, but, you know. Uh, Ham Solo is is confirming that I should have done that. Woulda, shoulda. What the hell is Terra Luna? Buy the dip. Yeah, man, the dip, uh, when it dips 99%. I I was trying to buy Gazprom and, uh, and Rosneft, though. Um, I don't trust any of this shit. Yeah. Well, it's all, well. The, have you ever seen the movie I'm, The Princes of Yen or read the book The Princes of Yen? I'm the, I'm the old guy that survived the Dust Bowl and the Great Depression. I'm just looking at this and I'm like, if I don't have cans of soup and like a mattress full of cash, I don't trust it. I don't. Yep. I don't try. I don't. Yeah, but the mattress full of cash is going to turn I, into I, a real under, bowl, barrel under, full of cash. I, you, I you understand know. that it should be a mattress full of gold. Well, yeah, I, I mean, think they're they're really just trying to trick us into all becoming Bitcoin miners, so we won't even let our children like read by uh, a sixty watt LED. We're, we're going to deprive our families of any modicum of electricity, so that we can Bitcoin and and farm for Elon, and then one day it all evaporates into the into the cloudverse. And well, that was a story. That was a story that came out yesterday that I saw. I think it's on the Duke Report someplace. I don't know. The Duke Report just is like drinking water out of a fire hose. Um, that uh, the World Economic Forum uh, got an agreement, I think, from all of the central banks that because Bitcoin uses so much energy, that they're going to put a surcharge on all Bitcoin transactions, and they're going to build that into the into the software. Uh, uh, because of carbon credits, they're going to build carbon credits into the Bitcoin universe. Maybe that's maybe that's the deal that the Bitcoin people made uh, with the World Economic Forum to keep them from destroying Bitcoin. It's a smart play, man. If you could have before, like the run of the Weimar Republic, converted all your currency over to a crypto, and then everybody else is running around wheelbarrows to try to buy a loaf of bread. You're just sitting there going, hey, I know how to do this. I've been mining. My kid can't read, <laughs> but I've been mining while my kid should have been learning how to read. Yeah, well, but he can watch TikTok, you know. Oh, yeah, yeah, that makes up for it. He doesn't need education. I think, you yeah. know, just watch 16-year-old girls by the pool, you know, doing a little dance at, at Infinitum 24 hours a day the rest of your life, and that will be your key to success. So this is a tr- this is a twofer, Tommy, on the Duke Report. Uh, this is a book called The Princes of Yen by Richard Werner. And Richard Werner is at some conference in uh, Scandinavia right now with Catherine Austin Fitz, and I tweeted out a link to that. I think it costs like 20 pounds to 20 euros or something to watch, but uh, I'm sure it'll probably wind up being on YouTube in the next week or two. But um, he wrote this book, and then this movie got made called The Princes of Yen, which is free. It's on YouTube. And I highly recommend it to anyone who's in any market. I don't care whether or not you're in the stock market or you're buying Bitcoin or any of this stuff. You should watch this movie because it's about how the, uh, uh, the Bank of International Settlements and the World Bank, which was new at the time, uh, uh, recreated the Japanese economy. <laughs> and um, uh, they go from like 1945 to I, I think the mid 80s when the uh, when the uh, Asian tiger collapse was engineered 
in order to basically, which is the model for capturing countries. So basically what happens is that the markets are rigged, the monetary system is rigged. And what they do is that they get governments to overcommit. And once they get the governments to overcommit, um, then they come in like white knights and they say, hey, we'll rescue you with all these loans and we'll, you know, recapitalize your economy. But in order for us to do that, you have to you have to follow our rules. Basically, it's a way of taking bureaucratically taking control of yeah. of of governments. And so this is the playbook. Yeah. Um, the Princess of Yen uh, lays out the financial playbook about the way that the World Bank and the Bank of International Settlements um, work together with treasuries of countries in order to take control of those countries. I think that's what we're doing with Ukraine right now. They're getting bulldozed. And we're like, it's what we're doing. It's what we're doing to ourselves right now. Yeah. George. Well, I was just going to say that uh, there's rumors of gold being uh, used as a uh, bargaining tool or whatever credit collateral. And there's big gold, uh, giant sucking sound out of Ukraine right now. Uh, which is usually, hey, that's not a good thing. That's that's a bad thing. Usually, it's like you usually collapse the economy after that. Rothschild, I mean, this is the old, hey, hey, Czar, uh, uh, Napoleon's at the gates. I can see the fires burning. You sure you don't want to go for my usurious interest rate and buy a few more cannon? Right about now, grape shot might be a handy thing against that. You know, big infantry. This is the old uh, tried and true method of create uh, fear and get the, your your terms that you want and then uh, uh, pick up assets for pennies on the dollar. So here's the, uh, here's the tweet. It was uh, Jay Dyer. Um, he said that BlackRock and Citadel borrowed 100,000 Bitcoin from Gemini. It appears in their loan book. They swapped 25,000 of that Bitcoin into uh, into uh, uh, T is it's not tether. It's the other one uh, that the guy just uh, texted. Uh, let me see. Um, UST, which is another uh, uh, cryptocurrency. Um, this was all done quietly in in anticipation of the ta- the attack. When the time was right, they called up Du Quan at Terra. Oh, the it, UST is Terra at Terra Foundation and said that they wanted to sell a lot of uh, Bitcoin for Terra. As it was a large trade, they told him that they didn't want to move the market, and they asked if he would like to buy their large block of Bitcoin at a discount for Tether. Or I mean, for Terra. Uh, Duquan took the bait. He gave them a huge chunk of uh, of Terra, thus lowering the uh, Terra liquidity significantly. And at that point, BlackRock and Citadel dumped all of their Bitcoin. And, te- and, and Terra causing a massive slib- slippage and triggering a cascade of forced selling in both assets. The real problem was Black- BlackRock Citadel knew that Anchor, which holds a lot of Luna, which I think is a subset of Terra, was a Ponzi scheme, and they offered 20% staking APY uh, for Christ's sake. So they, he goes on in, in detail here. But again, the reason I brought up Princes of Yen is because this is the kind of thing that when people uh, are market makers, when they control trillions of dollars in assets, um, that they can go around pulling shenanigans like this. And like you said, uh, Elon Musk can move markets with a tweet. They, you know, they can move markets with a phone call. And you know, the the uh, the idea that they're going to the, the the billion dollars, by the way, that they're spending is everybody's four hundred one k money. It's not 
it's not their money. If you're Pietro Benassi and you have a thousand talented mules, uh, the, the thousand talents Chinese kids, you just go to 100 metropolitan areas with 10 students and release the Kraken and cause a worldwide financial collapse and buy uh, the assets the day later, pennies on the dollar. Louis Vuitton gets, uh, you know, prime commercial real estate for 10 cents on the dollar, becomes the richest man in the world at LVMH or LVM something. Um, and then you have to have a huge party over at the Salk Institute to pay your benefactors. I mean, it's a simple cycle. Yeah, you know all about that world, uh, Peter. With uh, well, I know I I know about the suitcases, but I, I, I'm not sure that I understand the the nature of the deal that you're talking about. Well, I'm just saying, let's say you have a global economy that's a twenty trillion dollar global economy. If I release the Kraken and cause a coronavirus scare, a terror campaign, uh, uh, mostly fear, a little bit of death, but mostly fear, an orange uh, kind of clockwork orange kind of operation. I buy up all the assets, prime real estate assets, for ten cents on the dollar in major metropolitan areas. And now, try to buy uh, Charlie perfume, or I don't even know what <laughs> Louis Vuitton sells. But hey, that worked out pretty good. I think Louis Vuitton's the r- richest guy in the world now. Uh, he might have been the biggest benefactor. And you were you Louis, were having- Louis Vuitton is the richest man in the world. I think it's Elon. LMVH is the conglomerate, um, and that guy, whoever owns that, is supposed to be the richest guy in the world. But it's retail. He's a retail guy that became the richest guy in the world. I thought Elon was the richest. No, no. Well, maybe a single person with the most money. Yeah, that's what I mean, an individual. Uh, look at it, Louis Vuitton. You were L- having what, what's the sign symbol again? LVM, LV. Is it L- LV MH? Yeah. Uh, Louis Vuitton MH is what M holding. Yeah. But he's having a big party at Salk Institute. You want to talk about payback to the guys who came up with the cracking? I don't know. And then if. You're in the CIA. You've only got to get like the board of directors of BlackRock and Vanguard. You just got to get them at the Epstein Island banging some kids. You get video of that. You control them. You control the world. I mean, but really, I mean, when you look at it in terms of like weaponry. That, that's Jeff Epstein's MO, man. But it, I mean, really, is. look at it in terms of like weaponry, you know, like artillery or like Maxim machine guns, tanks, artillery, biplanes, turning into long-range bombers. After World War II, you go to V-2 rockets, atomic bomb, thermonuclear bomb. You keep moving up to more and more powerful weapons that disproportionately, uh, there are disproportional power projection forces to where now you don't need 10,000 bombers. You just need one missile with one bomb. Even more lethal than that is something as covert as you just get a couple of the movers and shakers of the world get them out to an island, have video of them sleeping with a 17-year-old that looks 20, you control them. That is more lethal than any bomb there's ever been. So imagine if you're behind Vanguard and BlackRock right now. They're getting all the flack. Everybody's like, oh, it's all BlackRock, Vanguard, Klaus Schwab. Who are the guys behind them that have the damning evidence? Those are the guys that have the knife to the throat, and they're just kind of manipulating the world at will. 
Tommy, I told everybody a long time ago about the State Department uh, DynCorp tail numbers, which yeah, yeah. Every everybody look the other way. Everybody just keeps looking the other way. Is there any grace in this world? Is there any can can God be found? Is there any peace and fairness and merit in this world, or are we really living in a in a fallen society? Are we in hell right now? Because it just seems like everything's so black and corrupted and disgusting and and, and war driven and it's just the raping of the planet. Like, is there like where where can we find goodness? Like, where is it really just in like the laughter of a child in a sunset? Is that all it is? Peter, yep, yep. PeterDukePhoto dot com is where, you, where there is a. Damn yep. it, George. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what you mean. I'm asking an existential question. George is no, no, there is a ray of hope. There is a ray of sunshine. I always said we need to train a small dog. That's the that's our challenge here to beat the deep state because the small dog Toto pulls back the curtain and this thing's over. So it's well, all about I, Yeah, I mean I, I think that the, you hit the nail on the head that and, and it's I think it's the reason that I keep going and the reason I, I hope it's the reason why you guys keep doing it, is that is that um when you understand what the nature of, oh, the backup just started again, and I, I caught it. I, I, the brain. The brain has activated. Um, you know, uh, the nature of magic is about bending people's reality, right? And um, we are all computers, and we don't realize it, but we use words in order to program ourselves. Uh, the, the, and words are the code that are used in order to frame the reality that we all experience. Right. And so, uh, you know, what I, what I started to mention, uh, at the beginning of the conversation was that, uh, uh, this woman, uh, Cara, uh, St. Louis was talking about the, the idea that, uh, all of our history before the, uh, Prussian education system kicked in has been basically rewritten. And that the timeline, uh, so a lot of the stuff that we read in history books that we think happened five or 600 or 700 years ago didn't actually even happen the way that, 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 that it's being reported to us. And that's a kind of magic, right, to get you to believe something. Um, and, and, and the fact is, is that when we wander around this planet and we look at things like the pyramids and stuff and that, you know, some people say, oh, they're 5,000 years old, but then people, other scientists, ge geologists figure out by looking at the way that the water erosion has, Robert you know, Schell. eroded the sphinx that, that it must be 20,000 years old, that like a lot of this stuff is just made up. Like a lot of these experts, there's a movie that I watched with uh, Orson Welles uh, that I feature on the Duke report under the film section called F for fake. And the whole movie is about how people are fooled by experts. Right. And so um, where am I going with this is that, the only control that these uh, people have over us is the idea that we have anointed them with this kind of magical wizard, fo wizard force that we call expert. You know, why do we listen to anything that Anthony Fauci says? You know, because yeah, he's, he's an expert, right? And, and people use that expert. You put somebody in a, you know, Edward Bernays figured out that if you put somebody in a white coat, like everybody will do what they say, you know? So... How, how do we deal with it? We, we have to use our words uh, in order to change the pictures in people's heads to get them to understand that the people that are being perceived as experts are not. And 
um, when they are not perceived as experts, then their power over us goes away. Um, that, that's a big ask because I would say that like 95% of the people in the world right now are infected with this mind virus, which is that, you know, these people that we have anointed as, as experts are actually experts and actually know what they're talking about instead of they're just manipulating the shit out of us in order to get us to do what they want us to do so that they can be rich and they can have their parties at the Salk Institute and Louis Vuitton will probably hand out free purses to everyone, you know, free $5,000 purses to everyone and they'll all leave thinking they're better than all of us. There was a beautiful, somebody just commented, enjoy the passing of time and be, and be the change. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's it is, that's one thing. Yeah. Enjoy the passing of time and be the change. Yeah. That's kind of, that's kind of what my logic is more. And it's almost like you can't have your cake and eat it too. It's like, you can't look at the machinations of the world and then wonder why it's not beautiful. Like you have to look at like every evening. I like when I'm finished doing the podcast, like I upload it and I call my mom for like five minutes. And then after that, I play video games with like my best friend of 22 years. And we just joke about the dumbest shit that we've been joking about for the last two decades. And like, no, that's not the rolling out of the next booster program. Like, no, it's not. Is Putin going to go nuclear? But it's just, it's fun. And you kind of ground each other. And I'm always doing things. Inappropriate. Um, but it's not. It's, but sometimes you really, you know, like I can sit here and like we can shoot the shit and laugh and talk about how, you know, Elon's use of flamethrowers is like, you know, that's him get that's him getting red-handed. He's caught red-handed. He is the Antichrist. Sometimes you do have to change the world in the little way that you can. And yet, if you're going to look at the big picture, you're going to get depressed. Because like, it can't, that image is dark. But you can just make your own little universe a little bit better. And like, yeah, you have to find meaning in if you don't, you'll go insane. Well, I'll tell you, my takeaway here absolutely is either Scottish Terrier or Yorkshire <laughs> Terrier. I can't remember which one Toto was. We but trained we're gonna that need, dog. We're going to need 11 of them because Peter told me that you get 10 blasts on the Elon Musk flamethrower and the, <laughs> the first 10... Totos are going down. Hey, it's, that 11th Toto, man, gets through, and we win this thing. The first 10 is the, the first 10 waves of World War One, But once all once the machine guns are overheated and they can't mow down the Doughboys anymore, that 10th guy, he's going to run across with a Luger. He's going to take that trench. We you need 10, 10, 10 <laughs> Scottish Terriers. You know, I, I will say this. In my own world, every day I, I in the morning I walk to the gym, it's like a two-minute walk, and I always walk by this like little pond. There are all these geese there, and they always hiss at me because they have a bunch of babies, and they think I'm coming to take their babies or some shit. And so recently I've been uh, – I, I, I bought a loaf of bread, and now in the morning when I walk by, I throw them a little bit of bread. And, you know, on the first day, it was just like, oh, it's just like a – it's the little things in life. I get to feed these, these geese. But after a couple of days, I've realized they still hiss at me. And so now I've kind of changed my mind. And instead of it being the little things in life, now I'm just establishing dominance. What I'm doing is I'm bringing bread and I only give it to the smallest, the little baby geese. And to me, it's a huge flex. It's providing for their kids in a way they can't in front of them. 
And I just do that every day. And I hope I'm tearing apart these geese households. I hope I'm just <laughs> I hope I'm just cucking them. As I walk in so, and I'm like, hey, is that your wife? So, so, so you become kids? Satan, is what you're saying. I have, you're, I've do, become you're a doing dark, to them what, the, what they're doing to I've us. I've become a dark lord. What? Am I really? Because I'm providing food for these little geese. But I'm just coming up to them like, that your mom, that your dad? Hey, who? Big dick energy. I bring home the bacon and I give them the food. And I let them know who's boss. Yeah, and one day you'll make them into foie gras. Yeah, one day they'll yeah. attack me. They'll kill me. One day Louis I Vuitton, Louis Vuitton could learn a lot from you, Tom. Let me tell you, uh, you know, the, the 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 awards dinner with the gift bags to go gift bags would be a whole lot bit better if you would be doing the catering. But uh, with that, gentlemen. I'm at a uh, very inexpensive hostel, and I'm keeping up a whole bunch of uh, motorcyclists from came, Germany. I thought you came back so, to America. No, I'm 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 heading toward the uh, front, um, back to the front. Oh, by the way, did you know Hemingway didn't get the country that he was in correct for Farewell to Arms? He thought he was in Italy, and actually, he was in Slovenia. It, this is tough enough, right, to do the war correspondent thing. But now I gotta be the fact checker for for Hemingway. Come on, man! You're trying to and carry the did cross. Hemingway, did well, dark Hemingway? dark journalist uh, uh, Daniel List, uh, he goes he goes deep on Hemingway. There's a lot of like weird things about Hemingway. Did you know that after J- after Cuba fell, him like uh, JFK, one of his first like undercover operations that he worked with. Uh, uh, Either though well, with, with the CIA and was like getting Hemingway's uh, uh, archives out of Cuba. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, I mean, there's all kinds of crazy stuff going on with Hemingway. Well, let me just tell you, I hate having to pick up for him here when I'm trying to do war reporting. I'm trying to do work and, and, and clean it up your yeah. shit, Hemingway. And 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 did he ever go after the deep state one day? You know what? If as an ambulance driver, you know what they really did. They, first of all, they had no, they weren't doughboys getting machine gunned. They delivered chocolates for the most part to hospitals and they gave them to nurses. Wow, that's really rough duty. And everybody's writing novels about them. When we're, re, when we're doing real war reporting, give me a break, Hemingway fans. Stop throwing the Hemingway in my face and learn your countries, Ernest. Learn your countries. Well, you and Hemingway, Hemingway both write very short sentences, which is good. No, I'm sick of Hemingway. I think <laughs> Somewhere in the distance, a dog, and then I'm just too tired to finish the sentence. I'm, I'm, <laughs> Somewhere in the distance, a dog did something. <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm a little upset with, with, with Hemingway now. You know? Should be. You should be. You know, maybe I am providing evil to these geese. Maybe the geese are talking and they're like, you know what? That asshole walks by every day, gives food to our kids, shows us up in front of our wives that we can't provide. Is there any grace in the world? And the other geese is going, yeah, you know, we just got to, it's in our own little world. We got to be nice to each other. We got to train 11 dogs to go fucking pull back the whatever. Maybe I'm just being dark. No, you need a little Ellen Musk flamethrower and that'll establish some dominance with those geese no i, no, I was you. thinking i was like well i mean like, like i mean the reality is this is i could pick up one of those geese and swing it around like a mace i mean i could break its neck and right but i don't do that i think true power true power isn't going over there with a shovel and killing them anybody can do that i'm mentally ruining them i'm not firing a shot i'm walking over there i'm like these are your kids it's cold out huh i'm the breadwinner 
You're going to get a call from the CIA, and you're, these geese are going to start following me around. They're going to say we. They're going to say we want you for these the geese, intelligence these, agency. These yes. geese are going to start following <laughs> yes. me around, saying, and they're going to start squawking like, "Mama, mama." And I'm just going to look the parents. We've in been the trying eyes. to figure out how to train people to be psychopaths for a long time. Yeah, but in the we're end, we're going to start with geese. But in the end, isn't what I'm doing with bread what the government does with social programs? Yeah, but I, I get, yeah. So you're Ooh, pithy, pithy. You're so you're re yeah. You goose food. So yeah. So you're recreating. I'm LBJ. You're 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 just uh, mirroring the behavior. Is it like uh, is it like uh, the the uh, child molester who was child molested? So yeah, you know. So I need to break the cycle. I need to not give these geese bread. Yeah, or or just have them for dinner. Or you stop How about releasing a, a, like eleven small Yorkshire Terriers amongst? <laughs> that that would be a little bit exciting. Or I could take a page out of George's book, and instead I'll spray these geese with a lab-made virus, and I'll track their movements, and then I'll get the antibodies and sell monoclonal smart dust. Maybe well, I'll you're talking like a true Benassi now, and I'm proud of you. Talking like a true psychopath now. <laughs> With that, uh, I don't want to keep the German cycling team up. So that's, a, that's okay. You. We're going to let you go, George. Yeah, tell the German cycling team they suck. No. All right. Uh, he left us. He let, well, That was cold. <laughs> that was cold. No, I think that he, people are probably looking at him like, going to probably like show him up, or something. Yeah. You know, it's like nine a.m. there, or whatever. All he right, said it well, was. It's nine. It's what time is no, it? No, no. It's only what? How far? It's five thirty Eastern. It's probably like what? It's probably like eleven in Germany. Hey Google, what time is it in Slovenia? I thought he was in Germany. It's eleven thirty-four. Oh, I was right. I said it's probably like eleven. <laughs> well, that was my small win. Let's guess. All right. Well, that was great, Tommy, and uh, congratulations on your Peter Dale Scott. Yeah, He's fantastic. Oh, oh, yeah. We, uh, producer Carrie wants to know whether or not we should add you to the psychopath organizations list on uh, the Duke Report. I guess so. Um, I mean, clearly. I, I'm, I, I'm not sure about that. Am but I a psychopath, I, uh, though? Because I'm, although I'm doing it for bad reasons, are the little geese not being fed? Real, real politic. Are they not getting food in their bellies? Is you this know, are these the loops that you will eat bugs? You will eat the bread and be. I, I think you are these the loops that sound Klaus, a little bit like the big new Brazilian. I was gonna say, are these the loops that Klaus plays in his head? Like I am doing the right thing. And like Hitler, am, Hitler had to think he was doing the right thing. Uh, man, you know it's oh like man. it's like those old sayings. Like you can find the answers to the universe in like a grain of sand. I can find like all the like themes of geopolitics in the world just by walking to the gym and throwing bread to geese you can find all you can find it all well i got not i used i used to i used to ride my bike to the gym and i can't anymore because i live in california and unless i can show them my vaccination uh, uh proof of vaccination they won't let me in so. yeah you should ride your bike there and then they just do push-ups and body weight outside you know that's not a bad idea. Yeah. Talk yeah. Okay. That's it, all. Ba- battle rope. They should just put the battle rope back outside. <sighs> Keep going, Tommy. Thank you, Pat Marshall. All right. So, how do people take care of you, Tommy? Me? Uh, yeah. Go subscribe on Rumble. Go subscribe on just Rumble. And when you talk to the guy who runs Rumble, tell him that he's got to get his RSS feed fixed so that Rumble won't respond to me. 
I've been trying to email them nonstop, the higher ups. Like, the, I'm like, hey, let me help you build this program. And they just right. So Jason Burmis is like a heavyweight on Rumble, and uh, I I talked to him on on my show, and uh, I told him you got to get the RSS feed fixed, and then you also can't. Well, I guess the live streaming, if you pay them, like a hundred dollars a month oh, or something, shit. you can stream. Right. Now it's it's they 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 told Rogan that they'd sign him for a hundred million dollars for four years. So I sent him an email and said, I will, I, you can sign me for one, one thousandth of that. Right. They never responded. A hundred thousand dollars for four years. That was my, that's how much I was selling myself for. Yeah. Ham Solo. It seems like Ham Solo made a lot of money on, uh, on, on Luna or, uh, or Terra this week. So oh, he yeah, said he's, man. he's going to send some money. Oh Yeah. Hell yeah. Send some money to Rumble. I don't know. Ham Solo, subscribe to my podcast on Rumble. Trying to get... No, no, no. I don't want to make them work for it. I want them to do the bare minimum. I want them to do nothing. I want to show that I can provide. I alone. I am class. This is the... This is is the great... This is the great... You might have to... You the, might have to make your hair kind of a little tighter. The, the great Gisa. To, 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 to go full class. Yeah. yeah. You, you don't have to go full fact on your resume. Uh, yeah, have these geese learn something before you give them bread. No. I want them to be dumb and stupid. I want them to be an uneducated populace so I can continue to run the world. Their little world. Indeed. Or, losing, or, or, or believe it. something that's not true. Yeah, I don't know. I'm losing my mind. I'm going <laughs> to... All right. Well, with that, I'm gonna roll my. <laughs> we'll this gonna, up. Should, should I play George Carlin one more time? No, I'm not gonna do that. You can play it out. Uh, all right, and then uh, I'll say good night to everybody. Say good night. Good night, everybody. Peter, thanks right. for having me on, man. All right. Take care. All right, everybody. Come, go to the Duke Report. Buy me a coffee. Bye. Peace. The planet.